Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Go not down into Egypt, God told Isaac. So he's afraid of that. And then uh, this prophecy in Genesis 15, 13, that God gave to Abraham. He said it to Abraham, Know of a certain surety, thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that's not theirs, shall serve them, and they shall afflict them 400 years. Serve the Egyptians, be afflicted for 400 years. That doesn't sound good. So he's afraid of this. These are the reasons that Jacob is afraid to go down. He, and also, he's old. He's old, and he, this is totally unfamiliar to him. He nearly lost it. Abraham nearly lost his family. Isaac was prevented. Abraham was told about this terrible prophecy. So during this 13-mile ride on these wagons from Hebron to Beersheba, Jacob's got a lot to think about in his quiet, calm, pensive way. He's not talking. And these reasons he's thinking about, it, and he's getting more and more afraid. That's the reason why he offers these sacrifices. Now, we have to take a step back and look what just happened. What just happened is, first of all, there was all this excitement of, oh, Joseph is yet alive, and he's got great glory, and he sent all these magnificent gifts, and look at these wagons that come from Egypt. Oh, a lot of excitement. But nowhere do we read, Jacob sought the Lord to see if this was God's will or not. As a matter of fact, it appears that Jacob looked at everything and just shouted out, it's enough, Joseph's alive, I go. That's what he said. So he looks at everything, he shouts out, my son's alive, I'm going to go and see him. And then as he's traveling now from Beersheba, or to Beersheba, from Hebron, all these fears start to come to him, and he thinks, you know, I didn't ask God if I should go or not, and I kind of need to do that. And so, can we just stop? at Beersheba here, because I got something I got to do. So he stops there, and this stop in Beersheba is really a, Lord, I really want to see Joseph, but if you don't want me to go down to Egypt, then I will submit and turn right around, and I won't go down to Egypt. Has that ever happened to you? Has that ever happened to you where you just get all excited about a possibility, and like Jacob, you just make a snap decision to go right on the spot, But then as you move forward, this cloud of doubt and fears come over you and you think, wait a minute, I never asked God about this. I have my own feeling about this, but I don't know what God's counsel is. It reminds me of a former missionary we had, Phil Caldwell, never forget this, who along with his sister June lived and worked in London, reaching the Jews in London and Europe and Russia by radio. And I used to visit Phil in his flat. He lived in Brixton. Not a great area. 
Uh, you know, Brixton, it's, you don't want to be there at night. Okay. Anyway, even though Margaret Thatcher lived there, it still wasn't a good area. But anyway, he rented a flat from a lady. He rented the second floor. And there were other renters on the first floor and the third floor. And the owner was a Christian. And she offered to sell the building to Phil for $30,000, the equivalent of pounds of $30,000. And it was worth $250,000. So when Phil tells me about this offer, I jump and I said, do it. Phil, do it. You know, Tom, the businessman, like Jacob. You know, are you kidding? There's $220,000 advantage there. But Phil really surprised me when he said, I need to pray about it. And I said, Phil, what's there to pray about? You know, this is a $250,000 building. You're going to get it for $30,000. I don't understand why you hesitated. So, Phil, what he was doing there is he was going to Beersheba first to ask counsel for God. And I was shocked after some time when Phil said that he felt it wasn't God's will for him, and he turned it down. And then the building was sold, and Phil was kicked out. And Phil found a little house next to a church in Croydon, where he and his sister moved in until Phil went to be with the Lord. Now, as I looked back over Phil's decision, I could see that the Lord was in it, because the building was almost 200 years old, and the mortar between the bricks was falling out. So, (laughs) and the original building was built with no plumbing. So the plumbing was, pipes were run on the outside of the building, and they were deteriorated. In short, the building was just a trap that would have consumed all of Phil's time, his limited time on earth, and he would not have been able to continue in his, as much of his work of reaching the Jews because he would be hindered by repairing this building that was nearly 200 years old. You know, it's wise for us to, to not make decisions based on our initial excitement, but to take time to go to Beersheba first and ask God what his will is. But how many Christians today go through the entire week and just leave God pretty much out of the picture, pretty much out of their program? You know, they make their own decisions, they do what they want to do, and and they just want God to endorse what they want to do. I mean, they come to church on Sunday, and they think, well, that's God's will for them, is merely to go to church. And then they tell, and then on Sunday, they tell God goodbye on Sunday night, and the rest of the week, God's not in the picture for them. So what we see here is so important as you see here when you marry together the end of chapter 45 and 46. After end of chapter 45, Jacob has decided on his own without any consultation with God that he's going to go down to Egypt. It's like a Christian who really do not want to be led by God. Their real wish in life is that God would just lead them where they want to be led. This stop at Beersheba is very important for us to see. Because it shows the difference between human confidence. Jacob was confident at the end of chapter 45. I should go down and see him. And God's assurance, which he only got when he stopped there. So he says, I will go and see him before I die. That's human confidence. Jacob is confident in himself. That's the right decision. Jacob stops at Beersheba and saying, my human confidence is not enough. I need assurance from God that I should go down to Egypt, and even though I am confident that I should go down, I won't go down until I have the assurance from the Lord that I should go down. And God wanted Israel to live like this, and God wants you and I to seek him for guidance 
And he promised that if we do that, if we seek him, he said, I guarantee you, it will not be a waste of time. And he says that in Isaiah 45, 19. Isaiah 45, 19, he says, I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I said not unto the seed of Jacob, seeking me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. So God says, look, I'm not telling you, come to me in vain. In other words, it's a waste of your time. I'm going to answer you. But he says, there's one provision when you come to me. He says in Jeremiah 29, 12, Jeremiah 29, 12, then you'll call upon me. You go and pray unto me. I will hearken unto you. You shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart, all your heart, all your heart. That's Caleb. Caleb, everybody thinks Caleb means dog, right? Caleb actually is a contraction of two Hebrew words. All is coal, and lev is heart. So the name Caleb means with all heart, all heart. That's what God is asking here. So to be led of the Lord requires us to do that, seek him with all the heart. And it requires us to be quiet and still as Jacob was there. As it says in Isaiah 30, 21, Isaiah 30, 21, thine ears shall hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way, walk ye in it when you turn to the right hand or when you turn to the left. We're so blessed as a people to have the Lord Jesus as our guidance. That's who the Lord Jesus is for us. He's wisdom to us. It says that in 1 Corinthians 1.30, 1 Corinthians 1.30, but of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom. And Jacob needed wisdom. So he stops at Beersheba to get God's wisdom, whether his fears meant that he should not go down into Egypt. And the greatest example we have in the Bible of a person who did not make one step without looking to God was who? I'll give you a hint. It has to do with Abraham. It's his servant, Eliezer. Eliezer, this whole history about how Eliezer found Rebekah as a wife for Isaac reflects looking to God before taking a step. You know, in, in, in Genesis 24, 11, it says, he made his camels to, to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening, even the, when women go out to draw water. He said, he prays right there, Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day. Show kindness. Behold, I stand here by the well of water. The daughters of the men, the city come out to draw water. Let it come to pass that the stamsel whom I will say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink. She shall say, drink, and I'll give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she. It's appointed for my servant, Isaac. Thereby shall I know. And then it says, when that happened, it came to pass when he had done speaking that Rebekah came out, and then she, and she was very pretty. And he said, he ran over to meet her, he said, let me drink some of the water. And she said, oh yeah, here, and I'll give your camels drink also. And then, even with that sign, he stops, verse 21, and says, the man wondering at, 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 at her held his peace to wit whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. Even though this happened, he says, I'm not sure yet, because everything has got to go well. That's a great picture of a man who does not take a step forward without seeking God. That's what God wants for us. Looks like he got the right woman, but he never wanted to go ahead of the Lord, so he just held back. 
And that's what Jacob's doing here. He does, you know, that's why he stops at Beersheba on his way down to Egypt, just to make sure God's leading him there. And he stops there to consult with God. He's acting like Israel when he does that. Why? In verse 1, it says, Israel took his journey with all he had and came to Beersheba. That's Israel. It was God's will for him to go down there. In verse 1, we're told specifically who Jacob offered his sacrifices to. He offered his sacrifices to the God of his father, Isaac. That's very important because it's specific. And as has been said, there were many gods, many gods in Canaan, many gods in Egypt, but there's only one God of Isaac. And, th- and, 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 and this was important for him. So he made those sacrifices. He prays to the God of his father Isaac. And in doing that, he would have recounted in his mind things that God did for Isaac. You know, like in Genesis 26, 19, when it says, Isaac's servants digged in the valley and, and found there a well of springing water. He would have prayed, oh God, oh God, oh God of, of Isaac, who, who caused him to find sparkling water. You know, <laughs> a well that bursted out Perrier. <laughs> to you, I call. And, and um, you know, that's really important. People today say, thank God, or oh my God. And we wonder, who's, which God? Which God are you talking about? Because we know who God is. God is three persons. God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the revealer of God. And that's why we pray to him. We pray to the Lord Jesus. He's God. So this is what happened. This is what was on Jacob's heart when he stops at Beersheba. He brings all his fears to God about going down to Egypt. He offers sacrifices. And then we read, God answers Jacob. Wonderful. Verse 2, God spake unto Israel in the vision of the night. and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, here am I. So we can see that God answers Jacob in the visions of the night. He answers him, probably in a dream that he had, maybe the next night, I don't know. I mean, what's apparent here is that God did not answer Jacob right then while he was offering the sacrifices. And so, and one thing is clear though, God did answer Jacob, and that shows that God wants a communication with us. And if there's a breakdown in the communication, it's not because of our, it's not because of his neglect of prayer, it's because of ours. Now we see in verse two, that God said to Jacob when he answered him, God spake unto Israel in the vision of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. Now, the first thing God says to Jacob was his name, Jacob, Jacob. Now, that was a name that God spoke about in Genesis thirty-two twenty-eight, when he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men hast prevailed. So God told him way back in Genesis thirty-two twenty-eight, I don't want to call you Jacob anymore. Your new name is Israel. So when Jacob hears God say, Jacob, Jacob, Jacob thinks, oh no, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> I'm in trouble with God now. It would have been bad enough that he just would have called his old name once, Jacob, but he calls it twice. He says, I'm in big trouble, twice. And Jacob is in trouble with God because Jacob is afraid to go down to Egypt. Jacob knew the prophecy as, as has been brought out that God gave to Abraham, that the Jewish people were to go to the strange country, the foreign country, for 400 years. And and there there was going to be a transplantation phase. Okay, this is it. Jacob knew Joseph's dreams, that that, that Joseph would become a ruler, and Jacob would bow his knee with the other sons. Well, that was going to be in Egypt. He should not have been afraid to go down to Egypt. And that's why 
God calls Jacob, you're in trouble, Jacob, Jacob. Then Jacob responds in verse 2. He says, here am I. There's a wonderful Hebrew phrase here, hineni, which, mean, which in the King James is, it, since the word am is in italics, it says here I, that's a literal good translation for hineni. It means, it means here I. It's a presentation. I'm ready to obey. I'm ready to receive orders. I'm standing at attention to see what God says to me. Hineni, the whole picture of Hineni is really crystallized with the little boy Samuel. Little boy Samuel in 1 Samuel 3, 7, 1 Samuel 3, 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again, and third time he arose, went to Eli and said, Hineni, here am I, for thou hast called me. Eli perceived the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, go lie down, and it shall be if he call thee, thou shalt say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So he went and laid down. The Lord called, came and stood, called another time. Samuel, Samuel, Samuel answered, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. That's the meaning behind Hineni. Hineni, speak, for thy servant heareth. I'm ready to obey. And it's a hallmark response of believers. It's like a readiness to instantly obey God, go wherever he wants, do whatever he wants, at whenever he wants. That's the response to God of a servant of God. So God says in verse 3, verse 3, he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down to Egypt, for I will there make of thee a great nation. So first, tell, first God tells Jacob that he is God. Now the word that God used for God is the word El, which always means the might of God. El Shaddai, the almighty God. Now, so even though Jacob was so small, and going into the most powerful, most feared country in the world, Egypt, Jacob should not be afraid because of the one who's sending him is El, the mighty God. Now, there's an article that is missing in the English, and it's too bad. They should have put it. At least it's not in my King James. Maybe it's in your translation. But in the Hebrew, before the word El, there is the word Ha, which means the. That's important. So a more accurate translation of this verse verse 3, would be, I am the God, the God. Kind of like, I am the way, the truth, the life. So by identifying himself as the God, God is saying to Jacob, there's only one God, and none of those gods down in Egypt are me. He's the only God. Therefore, Jacob should know that God has all the power, all the ability to protect him in Egypt. Then God further specifies that he's calling himself, yes, you called on me as the God of your father Isaac, and I am. I am the God of your father, referring to Isaac. Now, this brings again back to Jacob's mind that his interactions with Isaac and what a wealth of memories he had. And, and, and as I mentioned, of all the three patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Isaac was the most timid. He was the most reticent. He was the most thinking he was the most meditative. He was the most non-confrontational of them. Isaac's personality was, I'd just rather retreat and not fight. For example, when the Philistines stole Isaac's wells, Isaac said, it's okay, let them take the wells. It's not worth fighting over. There's plenty of water under the ground. We'll dig new wells. And they really abused him, stealing one well after the other. And Jacob watched this as the Philistines pushed Isaac around all over. But Jacob also saw how God wonderfully 
provided for him. For example, it says in Genesis 25.11, it came to pass after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac, and Isaac dwelt by the well Laharoi. So that was something when Abraham died because Isaac, as I mentioned, was always protected by Abraham, was the mama's boy, but God blessed him after Abraham and his mother died, Isaac's mother died. And so when God told Jacob that he was the God of Isaac, God wanted Jacob to think about the timidness of, of Isaac. He was not a fighter. That's why he admired Esau. Esau was the fighter. And he, anyway, and, and, he, and he wanted to be, be encouraged. Don't be afraid of going down there. So what we see God doing here is to use a very important concept of associating, well, Jacob did it and God did it, associating himself with a particular person. There's a valuable picture for us in that. When we have a need, as Jacob thought, I need protection when I go down there. So he thinks to himself, who is the person who needed the most detection? Ah, it's my father. He was not a fighter. He wouldn't stand up to a flea. Yet God protected him. So he says, I'm calling on, I need protection. I'm calling on you now as the God of Isaac, my father. For example, we have, important, we, have, we, have, we have a need. It's important for us to think of a Bible character that had a similar need, like Jacob, like Samson, like Hezekiah. And then instead of just calling out to God, call on the name of Jacob, call on the name of Samson, the God of Samson, call on the name of the God of Jacob, call on the name of the God of Samson, call on the name of the God of Hezekiah, as he did. Call on the name of the God of Isaac, which is why it's so important for us to know these histories of biblical characters and God so we can use them in prayer. Now, another encouraging message that Jacob got from God was that God said, I am the God of thy father. God did not say I, that I was the God of your father, but he said, I am the God of your father. Isaac's been dead for a long time, and God still says that he is the God of Isaac, which means that God is saying, Isaac is alive. Isaac is still alive, and God is still Isaac's God in heaven. Now, that's very encouraging. That's very encouraging for Jacob to realize they may kill you down there, Jacob, but so what? I'm, I'll still be your God like I was Isaac's God, and you'll live with me. Only a little while to live on earth, and then comes death, which is really an entrance into heaven, which is eternal life, where God will be the God of Jacob just as he was in heaven, just as he was the God of Jacob was here on earth. And so therefore, God says to him in verse 3, fear not to go down into Egypt. In spite of all the reasons that Jacob was afraid of Egypt, God told Jacob, don't be afraid of going down there. Don't be afraid because of all those reasons. Don't be afraid because you're old. Don't be afraid because you're thinking of how Rachel died on the way and you could die on the way. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because of all that heathenism down there. I am the God. And we don't know if Jacob may have thought that he was going down to Egypt for a few years. So it doesn't look like he took everything. But whatever amount of time that would he be in Egypt, God gave to Jacob, in verse 3, the green light to go down to Egypt. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for being the God of Jacob. And we pray, Lord, that we will also, Lord, be so engaged with you as Jacob was to come to you, to have our Beersheba time. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. 
Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711-330, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Do you have fatigue or trouble getting out of bed or just getting through the day? Are you so tired you can't focus? Do you feel like your life is drained away? Do you have fibromyalgia headaches? I have good news for you. Our doctors at Scanabody's Imaging and Therapy can give you cellular ozone therapy. Why not get your energy back now by calling us at 1-888-529-9016 or visit us at treatmyfatigue.com. 